Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. What a day. Welcome to my basement, guys. It's great to have you here. Scott Van Pelt joining the show today. I can't wait. We're going to blow stuff up in sports media. We have a giant Death Star laser. The stuff that we can't stand, that you can't stand, it's gone. Plus, I'm going to give you the one team I'm just trying to buy stock in while it still lasts in the NFL. The team I think is going to do really great things next year. It's not a team you talk about doing great things. I'm talking about it now. Cam Newton thinks he's better than uh, some quarterbacks who are in the league right now. Do you? Let's talk about that too. All kinds of stuff. And what is your favorite fringe sport? Like the weird one that used to be on ESPN2 at 3 in the morning. It's so fun. And one of the greatest of all time is coming back. Let's get into it. What I love, what I hate, what's hilarious. Come on now. I'm really excited to say this because I haven't said it since I think I was in maybe eighth grade. The Lions are going to be really good next season. Hell yes. Feels good to say. Does it feel good to hear? I don't care. The Lions are going to be really good next season. There's something about them and there's some really tangible things and there's some really strong football things and draft things. But it's just this symbolic thing too. I hope they are. I'm openly rooting for the Detroit Lions next year. I think they ended last season as a top five team in the entire NFL. Not in the NFC. I mean the whole thing. I think they would have done some damage they got into those NFL, NFC playoffs. I love the way they were playing. We're living in a time right now where it would be such a crazy thing for the Detroit Lions, who we've watched suffer in one way or another for decades, if they could just get in the thing and start knocking playoff teams off. If they could get to the, the title game. If the Lions could get to the Super Bowl. If the Lions could win the whole bleeping thing. It would be this incredible comeback story from someone who is laughed at or memed to, how do you like me now? Guys, short round, just won an Academy Award. Data from Goonies was given an Oscar in front of the world. He won it. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't funny or die. It wasn't SNL. He won it. It's an amazing thing. Imagine this idea of the Detroit Lions putting all the pieces together and getting to the Super Bowl and that Honolulu Blue Lion is in the Super Bowl. It's like as if one day, Carrot Top could win an Oscar. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to David Hasselhoff. And it'd be like the greatest thing of all time. And there'd be not a dry eye in the house. Like, what a story. Punchline for years, looked down upon for years, kicked around for years, joked about for years, did some good work. People know who you are, you're successful. It doesn't mean you're not, but you're a joke. Not anymore. That's what I want. I want the Detroit Lions to go all the way. And I'm completely into it. Said it again last year. Awesome at the end of last year. Started one and six, same old Lions, what a joke, fire Dan Campbell. Finished eight and two, and the grand finale of a season which they did not make the playoffs. And let's not lose track of that as we get into the offseason. Lions find out, as they're at Lambeau Field playing against the Packers, that they will not be making the playoffs. They found out before the game, could have easily laid it up, could have easily just lied down. The Packers beat them, they get in the playoffs. No! They said, screw it. We're better. We don't give a damn if we're going to playoffs or not. We're going to beat the hell out of the Packers on their home field and send Rodgers walking off. And they did it. What a win. That was the coolest win. I love that win. And they're set up for a lot more. Detroit, this is not a joke. I'm not. I'm dead serious. CJ Gardner-Johnson is on a one-year prove-it deal. Playmaker, irritator, will completely get the climate and the culture of Detroit. I love it. David Montgomery, we talk about the Jamal Williams thing all you want. 
Jamal Williams is a good guy and a funny guy, and I've worked with him personally, and I like him a lot. He's gone. It sucks. He's part of the culture. Sure. David Montgomery is the dog. He's got the dog in him. He's him. I've watched him for the last few years behind terrible Bears offensive lines break the first tackle every single time. I get it that Jamal wears Pokemon hats and is really eccentric and stuff and broke Barry Sanders' touchdown record. More than half of his touchdowns were for two or one yard. Let's not pretend that he was running up down the field like LaDainian Tomlinson or something, all right? I love Jamal, but it's not like he's an irreplaceable player. There's all kinds of things. I mean, you know, you know how they're set up in the draft, right? Some of you right now are like, is this guy still talking about the Lions? Yes, and so will everybody at the draft. Do you understand how they are set up at the 2023 NFL draft? Oh my God. They are set up with draft number, draft pick number six, number 18, number 48, and number 55. Four picks in the top 55, and who knows? Maybe they'll trade up and have fewer. Maybe they'll trade back and have more. There are players coming. There are talented players coming. Two picks in the top 18. They retained coaches. They brought in all these guys who may have gone somewhere else, and they're going to stay there, and they're going to run the staff. And Dan Campbell is not a joke, and we laughed at the kneecaps. We laughed at how much coffee you drink, the Metallica. I was leading the laughs. And as I say that now, I'm telling you, I am into it. I don't know how much stock is left after what they did last year. I'm buying it. I really am. The best player in maybe the history of the NFC North. And what do you got? Walter Payton, Ray Nitschke. Dick Butkus, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, Aaron Rodgers, he's gone. He's gone. Aaron Rodgers is leaving, he's not gonna be there. The Bears, no idea what they're gonna put out there. It's exciting, but it's raw as hell. Minnesota, they're really gonna follow up that season of one score victories over and over with another giant win total season? No, 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 or does Detroit pick up and just keep stomping people like they were at the end of the year? I like Detroit. Jared Goff, fine, works, played really well. Across the board, Hutchinson, the defense will get better, they're gonna draft like crazy. It feels good to say this, just shooting from the hip right now in March, month, months and months from kickoff, the Detroit Lions are going to be really good. They're not a joke anymore. They're back. They're here. I don't know if they can be back because they were never really here. They're here though. I love the Lions. I, I love saying it. I'm going to say this one more time. I love the Detroit Lions. Let's, let's watch them in September. Maybe we'll play this clip back and I'll take a victory lap. Detroit, love you. Let's get into what I hate. I hate the state of Cam Newton right now. I love that Cam is in the news. I like what Cam represents. Cam was an unbelievably talented player, number one overall pick. That 2015 Panthers season was not only one of the most special Super Bowl runs, I think, of my adult life. The way that team just had it going and they were so oddly built and they didn't have wide receivers and they were dabbing when people would just started dabbing and they just had this whole rock and roll, hip hop, movie star type thing going all the way to the Super Bowl. And Cam was the face of it. It was one of the most impressive MVP seasons ever. And now he's out of the league. And now he's out of the league just a handful of years later. And he's not, not, not only out of the league, he's online talking about how he's better than guys that are in the league. So Cam's gonna work out at Auburn's Pro Day, which I actually like that he's doing because it's a show of humility and he probably had to you know, sacrifice or set aside some of his pride for an M league MVP and guys who've been to the Super Bowl is going to go and throw at a college workout. I like that he's going to show off what he's got and he's going to show his arm and I want a job and I'll take a job. I, I, I hate that he had to come out and say, tell me how these randoms keep getting jobs. Ain't 32 mother bleepers better than me. Yeah, there are, Cam. If there's not 32, it's because there's 64. Yeah, there are. 
Imagine if you were just like one of these guys who's on a roster and your third or fourth season or tenth season, you've busted your ass to stay healthy, be good, get the work in, stay in shape, and you're on an NFL team and you just like you see Cam Newton just go out and say that like, why do these randoms keep getting jobs? Well, probably because they're really talented, hardworking, well-respected guys who the teammates like and the coaches are impressed with. I don't know. It's just, if you just show up, say nothing, throw at Auburn, it's a really cool moment. Really cool. Look at Cam. That's awesome that he wants to be in the league so bad that he can go out there and throw. The dumb social media message taking shots at existing quarterbacks and telling you how nobody's better than you. Yes, they are. I'm not even going to go into the stats that he put up last time he was playing, either that last gasp with the Panthers or when he was with the Patriots and got benched and then let go. And it's reasons like the tweet and the personality and all that, and that's fine. If that's what fuels him, then do it. That's the reason he's not a backup quarterback. People are way more plugged in than I. Jason McCourty, who I work with, we've talked about a bunch, and we'll talk about him later in the show. He's just like, you can't have Cam as a backup. And I say, what do you mean? His presence is too big. He, it's almost like he's too famous that you're trying to work through, you want the, the second string guy to be low profile and supportive and quiet, and you want like this Brian Hoyer type, whereas Cam, you know, shows up and he's just that every camera click is going to his outfit and his quotes and his everything he says, and it's just like, that's a, that's a, if I was Cam, I'd be partly insulted by that. What do you mean I can't be a backup quarterback? I can't help someone, I don't know about the game, it's not that. And maybe I'd also be kind of made aware of that, that but, Sure, maybe you're the 64th or 55th most talented guy or best quarterback in the world right now. We just can't deal with all this, not from our backup. When you're running for 100 yards a game and throwing for three touchdowns, do whatever the hell you want. Do all this stuff. It's fine. It was fun for a while. We can't bring you in. It's just too much of a distraction. That should not be the legacy of Cam Newton. Too good of an athlete, too bright of a personality, just too many eyeballs, too many storylines we've covered. This is really a big chapter in the last 10 years of football, last 15 years. And the fact now that he's sitting here and being like, you know what it reminds me a little, reminds me a little bit of, of T.O. or Herschel Walker, who just for years and years after they were playing, every once in a while, like every like, you know, year and a half or so, Tara Lones would come out and just say like, I can still run a 4-4. I can still, I can still start on an NFL team. And you're like, T.O., aren't you like 48 years old or something like that, whatever it is? Herschel Walker could do this, could do that. I just, I always kind of rolled my eyes at that. Cam Newton, I don't know, should be above that. I just wish he would either take a job playing football somewhere else, take a job, try to get a job in the NFL, do it quietly and respectfully. I don't know. Just it, I rolled my eyes when I saw the quote. I rolled my eyes further when saying there's not 32 guys better than you because there are 10,000 guys whose job is talent evaluation in the NFL, and none of them think that's true. So, Cam, I hope you kill the workout. I hope you get a football job, and I hope you... Uh, don't tweet about any of the jobs you're going to take from the people once you do it. He should be in the league or the game at least somewhere, but I don't know. Who knows? That's what I hate. Let's get to what's hilarious. Come on. Slam ball's coming back. Now that either means something to you or you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Slam ball is, is one of those words that you hear and you're immediately like, oh, hell yes. Or you're like, what? There's an immediate reaction to the word slam ball. Slam ball, it was the product of a genius named Mason Gordon, who I used to run around with a little bit back in LA back in the days, just a little bit. And Mason Gordon decided, basketball's great. But you know what? What if it was just the dunks? All that other stuff, the shooting, the passing, the fouls, the free throws, kind of boring. 
What if it was just dunks? Okay, you got my attention. And what if the dunks could be with players who jump 25 feet in the air? And you say, well, but the basket's only 10. He's like, exactly. That was the birth of Slam Ball. And apparently it is now having a rebirth. Slam Ball is returning uh, this summer. It's gonna be around. And you are immediately having memories of guys jumping on trampolines with their feet above the rim, throwing down ridiculous slam dunks over guys, through guys, and then always wondering how do both their Achilles and all of their ligaments not explode five seconds into the game? <laughs> I don't know. But they didn't somehow, and it was so funny and so like kind of X Games, ESPN2, Radical, Extreme, Tubular, and the guys played hard. And it was a little bit of like the N1 tour, a little bit of dunk contest, a little bit of gymnastics, and it was just awesome. And I think it's a perfect time for it to come back because Slam Ball Highlights, originally, you know, it, it came out pre-social media, way back in the 2000s. Slam Ball Highlights are perfect for little clips, for TikTok, for Instagram reels, all that stuff. You just wanna see the highlights. I, I can't imagine really caring who wins the Slam Ball game. <laughs> I can't imagine watching a start to finish Slam Ball game for, I don't know how long they last, an hour? I, I would think they'd last like three minutes. But you wanna see the highlights and you wanna see some guy dunk falling out of the rafters because he did a double bounce and his teammate triple bounced him off the trampoline. I love that stuff. And there was all, you know, I go to the trampoline park sometimes for like the eight year old's birthday party. And from the second I step foot through the glass doors to get in, I'm worried about getting injured. And it's not even because I'm older, it's just I look out there and it's World War III on those trampolines. And these are with children. And these are with lots of rules and waivers and all that stuff, what you can't do. But you will get injured in two seconds at those places. So I look at Slam Ball, I'm like, how do you do it? How do you possibly get through a game? I love watching you guys do it, but how do you do it? And I love that the Genesis, again, Mason Gordon, I used to play basketball with Mason Gordon back in LA, these pickup games on the weekends. And he's this big dude, has a Boba Fett tattoo on his arm, like a big one. Um, his idea was to just let's take the cool parts of basketball and just juice it up, inject it with steroids. It's almost like, what if football was only collisions on the goal line, but in the five to 10 yards leading up to the goal line, you could step as a ball carrier on one of those crazy treadmill accelerators that you drive over on Mario Kart. Let's do that so that you're at maximum speed and power when you crash into the tackler. That's basically what slam ball is. That's actually kind of a good idea for a sport. Nobody take that, but it's back. And it begs the question, of the fringe sports or maybe of the things that are broadcast or packaged as the sport of the future, of which there are many. Which is your favorite? I'll tell you mine. I don't know if they still do this. There used to be these things where guys would climb all the way up this ladder to a platform, like a diving platform, and they'd be in their bathing suit like at the Olympics, but the platform was like 200 feet in the sky. It was preposterously high. And some of the trick was that they would dive into a preposterously shallow body of water. So here's um, Rick Edmonds, and he's gonna do a 250-foot dive into eight inches of water. <laughs> and it was like, no way, he's dead. And Rick would do it, and then they'd have a style of diving where you would, whereby you would like break the water and then kind of like dolphin bend your body so that you wouldn't hit the ground. 
Look it up. It's awesome. And there's a world record for it. There's a guy who jumped like out of an airplane and dove into a shot glass and was just perfectly fine. I don't know how he did it, but that was my favorite. I don't know what the sport is called. Shallow water diving, very dangerous. But we asked you, we asked you. And we have Scott Van Pelt coming up in a little bit. We're gonna do Death Star, uh, Death, Sports Media Death Star. But first, let's get to what your favorite fringe sports are. What are those little things out of the majors? Yeah, there he is, Jason McCourty again. <laughs> Talking about American Gladiators. Dun, 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 dun. Ba, da, ba, ba. Ba, 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 ba. I'm looking at two women just blasting themselves or each other with uh, pugil sticks, like giant uh, Q-tip things. They're, that was the joust. That sounded crazy filthy. It's not what I meant. I used to love American Gladiators. That was not only my favorite fringe sport, sure, but it was like a top five television show that I've ever watched. If you watch it back in the day with Larry Zonka and Mike Adamley, it was so fun, and they've tried to repackage it, it never really works. Jason McCord, I didn't know you like gladiators. I gotta talk to you tomorrow about that. Next, Simon Head, World Chase Tag. Now, I'm not from, is that the tag that the Watt brothers were doing? JJ and his brothers and TJ and Derek were doing a tag show. And then there's that weird tag movie with Jeremy Renner and um, uh, John Hamm. Didn't see that either. Fine, I'm sure tag is fun. El Duderino, what do you got? I don't know what it is about those people screaming at each other and pushing a broom, but every Winter Olympics I find myself drawn to curling. Hell yes. He goes on, Connor reminds me of drunken shuffleboard on steroids. El Deuteron, that's so great. I love how they scream at each other. Just screaming and then just pushing and brooming and blah, And then when they stick the landing, it's great. I love curling. Who doesn't love curling? Next, Blaze, what does he got? Blaze and KC. Wide World of Sports used to entertain me with log rolling and cliff diving coverage. What a great show it was for fringe sports. Now, are you talking the log rolling where they would be on the water and they would be running on the, let's go to the sky camp. On the, uh, on the log rolling, they'd be like the outdoor games where in addition to the, like the sawing back and forth or the axe kill, these, they'd have these guys who would be on the, 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 the river and then both guys on the same log, and I would try to get you to fall by going forwards or backwards, and eventually someone would fall into the river or, or the creek or whatever it was. That was all kinds of fun. That's a good pull. I don't know if they still do that. Next, I love these. Fringe sports, what do you like? Um, oh, well, now I'm just looking at a gif of basketball. Imagine that. That's what the guys wanted to do. Trey and Matt, as South Park was just exploding and taking over the world, they wanted to do a movie about a sport they made up it has cameos from none other than Bob Costas, who says kind of an R-rated line about <laughs> parts of his body. Carmen Elector, I'm sure, is in it. Maybe it was Jenny McCarthy, but sure, basketball. Next, Fully Craig says, BattleBots, Sparks, Collision, Nerds. It's got it all. Hell yes, it's got it all. BattleBots came out and you're like, come on. Remote control robots fighting? I think it's still on. I think it's been on for like 20 years. I, my guy Chris Rose is a BattleBots guy. I love that. I'm into it. It's like something that I wish my son would make. Oh, look at Ross Tucker. Beer pong, dude. Beer pong. Ross, I will beat your ass if you ever step to me at beer pong, just like I did back in the day. Anytime, any place, swish. I'll be Princeton. You'll be Missouri. That's it. French sport. Got personal there for a second with Ross. But either way, uh, I think Slam Ball and American Gladiators and the shallow diving thing is mine. It's a great, great, great topic. Send us more fringe sports if you want. In the meantime, we have a superstar on the show right now. And I really mean it. 
Want to make fun of some stuff in sports media? Want to say stuff that's annoying and obnoxious and blast them with a giant Star Wars laser? Well, then you're going to like this segment we call Sports Media Death Star. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. That's right. It's time to blow some stuff up. Everybody in uh, the sports fanhood has things that they hate, things that drive them crazy, things that grind their gears. Let's destroy them. We have a giant laser here, and we have a friend. Who better than to help blow up some stuff in this beautiful industry of sports media than the man, the legend, Scott Van Pelt is here. Scott, get in here. It's great to see you. How are you? I'm well. I'm... Um... I'm unreasonably excited to be doing this. I'm a, such an enormous fan of all the different things that you do, and I feel like we can do some important work here. There is a sort of uh, public service announcement vibe to the Death Star. Like, we're making progress. Yeah. We're making real change. I just think, Scott, like, you have such a positive vibe to you in all the things you do. Even when you're being critical, you do it in this constructive way. So who better to just talk about things that they hate? And I feel like you got some heaters holstered, don't you? I mean, yeah, I'm ready to try to help some people, but we're gonna we, we need to we need to all look in the mirror. It's the great Western philosopher Dirk Diggler who reminds us we can all we can always do better. You know, I'm just gonna keep on rocking um, and rolling. It's great. If you're making are. better films, uh, Scott, I would like to say before we start that you know I'm supposed to say you know we've never met in person, but we have. And I want the people to yeah. know a quick anecdotal tale. And I think we just need to get this out there, Scott. Come on a journey with me. Um, yep. Summer of 2001. I am in the middle of production for MTV's The Real World as one of seven strangers picked to live in a house. We yep. used to go every night to in Chicago to a nightclub called White Star. On a given night yep. in the VIP, double VIP, I looked around the room and I remember vividly, Jose Canseco was there. Lance Bass was there, one of the biggest stars in the world, and this guy goes to me, he goes, hey, see that guy over there? He's on SportsCenter. I walk over, Scott. I sit yep. down next to you. I've had many drinks, and not only do I sit down right next to you, I start peppering you with questions, and I'm talking industry questions. I'm asking Scott, yep. so, like, how did you get your job? And, you know, do you have to go to Syracuse and be a broadcast major? Just the worst questions ever. So obnoxious, wrong time, wrong place. And I have to tell the people, Scott was so kind and so patient. And he'd be like, well, you know, it's kind of a long story. You have to work hard and you have to put in the hour. It was just so incredible. 
And I will never forget that 22 years ago, my friend. Yeah, it, you, here's the thing. You were, you were, and this, this is the thing about you, that you're this massive star, okay? And yeah. on some level, I, I just, I want to hate you because you're not supposed to be this <laughs> handsome, a great athlete, just never misspeak on television. Like you're not supposed to have all those gifts and yet you're just so affable. And, and I remember even then before you had, you know, become what you've become, that there, you were just a good dude. And that's the simplest way to explain it. Like in, in the middle of that nonsense, and there was a moment where a guy, part of the production crew flipped, this is a true story, flipped a clipboard at me. And I go, <laughs> what's this? He's like, you gotta sign it, it's a waiver. I'm like, oh, I'm good, I'm, we're all right. He's like, what are you, an idiot? You wanna be on TV? And I say, like, ah, you know, I'm, I'll probably be okay, it's fine. And that guy sucked, but you were awesome. And that crew of people was awesome. I remember we ended up just BSing and it, it, they obviously yeah. didn't use it on television, but it was just a you know fun night out. And um, it, you know what? I say this often, and I mean this sincerely. I think yeah. we sh in life, we should be a mirror and just try to reflect back what you're getting. And so if I was cool to you, it's because you you, you weren't insufferable. You might've thought you were, but you weren't. And mm -hmm. it is funny because I obviously I remember that night and now here we sit. You know what's wild, Scott? And then we'll start somewhere in a production studio in Van Nuys, California, that tape exists. <laughs> that stuff was all done on videotape. They have it filed and cataloged. Yeah, find it. Someone has you and me in 01, I know it. It's coming. Videotape's the future. We also, we learned that in Boogie Nights <laughs> as well. So somewhere it exists. <laughs> Jack Horner, we, we love you, we miss you. All right, let's get into this. There's all sorts of things that we have our finger on that we can't stand in the sports industry. We, we love them, but we're yeah. gonna get into them anyways. Scott, do you want about lead off or do you want me to start off and we'll either decide to destroy it or defend it you're the I, you're the host i defer to you um, the problem i i have i came prepared i have several things i don't only supposed right, to have you one, go so you tell me if you want all right do you go? go you go what do you got um we have to talk about talk about that's not <laughs> a know. question okay if you're a reporter or a television host and you have an interview and you say to your subject, talk, can you talk about, or not even can you, talk about. Mm -hmm. You're not even asking a question. You're making a demand. And uh, here's an example. If I say, Kyle, right. I left my wallet home. Can I borrow 20 bucks? That's a question. Mm -hmm. Give me 20 bucks. That's what talk about <laughs> is. You're making a demand and you're doing it lazily. You're not even, you're not giving your subject any help. Third, could you talk about the third quarter? What specifically would you like to know? Just ask me a question. Ask me anything and I'll answer it. But when you say talk about, you're, you're not doing your job. So even if it's a crummy question, and I've laughed yes. with my friend Tom Rinaldi about this often. You're, a bad question supposedly is how do you feel? You're not supposed to ask an athlete how does he or she feel. Mm. But when I ask you, could you describe the emotion of this moment? All I'm doing is asking you how you feel. But at least I'm asking a question as opposed to talk about what you're feeling. Yes. Not a yes. question. Ask a question. That's an excellent submission. I think how do you feel wins a Peabody compared to talk about the offensive line and down the fourth quarter and just, just crickets then. Scott, I don't even have a retort. We will immediately go to the laser. We're destroying it in three, two, one. Goodbye, talk about this.
It's gone, and I love that Van Pelt has multiple. I'm going to give you one of mine. One of mine happened this morning on the morning football program. So Jason McCourty, who I think is the rookie of the year in media, and I love the man dearly. We have on awesome. this NFL prospect this morning, Kalijah Kansi, and he's a defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. McCourty is running down the similarities between he and Aaron Donald. Same school, same position, same height, same weight. And he starts saying, wow, you guys both played in Pittsburgh? And I go, McCourty, don't say it, don't say it. And he goes, what are they putting in the water in Pittsburgh? And I almost slapped him in the back of the head. That is a joke and a line that my grandfather's generation was making, whereby any set of athletes that even was in the same college, high school, let alone elementary school, you're almost federally mandated to question what is in the water. And I hate it. Are you an in the water guy, Scott? Am I being too harsh? Would you like me to talk about in the water? Um, it, I you know what I appreciate about you? I feel like you, I feel like you are specific with the language, right? We should just aspire to, it's, you know, just try a little harder, do a little better than what's in the water. I, because what it is, is it's just some generality that implies yes. that Aaron Donald uh, drank something that made him great. Well, no, that's, that, that isn't it. And it, it just, you hate all catch-alls, I think. You don't I do. like the catch-alls. I've seen a bunch of different examples of things that you, what's in the water's not great. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you're, if I have the laser, I, 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 try, I hope I've never said that, but if I have, then it, the laser needs to be brought out again. I think if I have the laser was also a Dirk Diggler quote, and we're gonna blow it. Three, two, one, goodbye. That's what's in the water. All right, Ben Pell, you come in and you say, my only problem is I have so many grievances, I can't narrow them down. So the, the talk about it one was great. What's number two? And then we'll go to the people. Okay. And I want to make this really clear. Uh, I mean, right. I've been at this a while, but, but by no means do I feel like I threaded the needle here and figured it out. Like, I, I mean, I'm going to go do probably a lousy hour of television tonight. I'm not trying to <laughs> act like I've got it all figured out. We sure. do dumb segments a lot. And look, it's trial and error. Some things work, some things don't. Um, I really feel like we should blow up um, athlete tweets as a segment. Here's, here's the analogy. You have children, I have children. Yeah. When you have little kids, like toddler age, and you put them in their fancy little bow tie and a trench coat and give them a basket or a beautiful ribbon in the hair and a lovely dress, sure. you do the Easter yeah. egg hunt. Here's what you do. You take the little plastic eggs and you put the jelly beans in them, and you just chuck them right in the yard where everyone can see them. Because it's a toddler, and they shouldn't have to work too hard. It's just, they're, it's out in the open, everyone can see them. That's what athlete tweets are. They're just sitting there, everyone can see them. You're not doing any work to cobble them together and, and create a segment just using tweets. And what I'm, you know what I'm saying, like nothing in TV do people, producers love more than I'll just throw up a bunch of tweets. Well, that's just so lazy. And the two-year-old child's not meant to go digging through the azaleas to find stuff. <laughs> but we ought to be able to do better than just, here's what LeBron said about the NCAA no. tournament. It's just, no. and, and I don't want to say who cares, because obviously people care, but not this much. And now I will say there's a caveat. If, Le, if Lamar, if Schefter or Rappaport or some insiders tweets, you know, he, Jackson turned down 200 million, and then Lamar tweets back, and I know what he tweet, he'd tweet, that's cap. And I'm a middle-aged guy, but I know what that means. That means that's not Same. true. 
Well, that's content that matters because this is the athlete telling you that's not what happened. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. The yeah. use of athlete tweets cobbled together as a segment is just yeah. saying, you know, we don't really have a lot. So here, just slap a bunch of tweets up and uh, we'll, we'll run five minutes of that. Brand will have something great to say about it or Van Pelt will figure out something witty and then we'll go to break and call it a day. Not good enough. I couldn't love this more. I couldn't love you more. I, I know ex you're speaking to production. You're talking to the grind of what do we come up with in this segment and you'll get to whatever we call it, like the AE segment and it'll say, player tweets and the player tweets are Patrick Mahomes saying let's go at Texas Tech football and that's it and I'm so glad you mentioned LeBron because he is the face of this and it started years ago and now LeBron tweets about every sport ever and you almost have to put it on there but it's never interesting it's never witty it's just like he's crazy great shot and it's so you know what it is guy it's lazy and I don't think people at home care about it either or, or that someone tweets, he's him, when you've already gotten rid of that. <laughs> I think it's a great one. I think the biggest takeaway is I'm proud of you and for me for knowing what cap means. And there's no cap yeah. in this segment. There is a laser, though. Destroy okay. it again. We're on fire. Oh, Scott's so good at this. Goodbye. All right, Scott, we're going to do the dangerous thing now. We're actually going to go to tweets. They're not from Mahomes or LeBron. They're from real people. And they are. these are the things. Sports fans are so funny because there's like these hair-splitting little in-the-weeds minutia that drives them crazy about phrases that people like you and I say, and they're so mad about it. So let's take a look. Okay. All right, pulling from the headlines. Josh says, in honor of March Madness, I'm going with, quote, score the basketball. He says, we know what sport it is. We don't need you to clarify that someone's not talking about the dunk of football. Scott, I, I, am I making this up? Have you said score the basketball over the years? I, I hope... Probably not. I, oh, wait, 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 wait. You, probably yes, but I didn't mean to. It's just, yes. he. I, I think you could call some, you could say that he could really score it, but like, sc yes. right, score the basketball as opposed to what? You know, score the, the ham sandwich. Why, what else would you score? I get it. Um, it it's, it happens quite a bit. It, but hopefully this isn't the pebble in the shoe that drives you crazy. I mean, I, I mean, mm. you could probably live with this, but I don't think that that's worth getting rid of. I think what you're saying is this is a misdemeanor. Are you really that mad yes. about score of the basketball? I think this time of year, people are watching so much college hoops that they're just so sick of everything. So I think we're going to let score of the basketball walk. You good with that? I, I, I would agree with that. I, I'd say try to avoid, but if you do, it's more <laughs> just a shrug than it is a get the out of here. Pick up some cans on the side of the road, Akimi. We're not going to destroy your whole planet. Let's move on to something, though. It's a little personal. This, <laughs> this one cracks me up. George says he doesn't like segments with name-related puns. <laughs> he says Phil Simms' philosophy or Keyshawn Johnson's keys to victory. I'm going to jump in here, Scott. I understand where that person's coming from, but, like, this is what we do, guys. It's not the coolest thing ever. We we do wordplay, and you give a signature segment. How do you hate philosophy or keys to victory? Scott, have you ever done a segment that had wordplay based on a, a van, or maybe you were holding a pelt of some kind, or, or no? Uh, I don't, I don't, I did a segment in a van, but it was with some guys, and the show only lasted one week, so I- I, I heard about that. You know, but they've done, they've done just fine. Uh, to be yeah. clear, it hardly derailed their career. But to, the point <laughs> you're making is a, is a valuable one, Kyle. Yeah. We're in the tonnage business, all right? Yep. 
you're we're just we're on entirely too long and i think you're a really clever witty guy but no one's clever and witty all day long every day i know and so if you have to lean into a keys to victory then that's just the cost of doing business i will tell you this was it, this isn't a pun it's just was just funny i'll never forget a graphic uh on sports center where it was the pen is mightier but the pen and the is were put together and so to this day i believe there are still people who have fantasy football teams named penis mightier which sounds like a hell of a team um but i just think you just you're gonna have to live with some puns man we're all trying our best over here isn't isn't penis mightier one of the sean connery insults that alex trebek on celebrity jeopardy like from daryl hammond i think it, it is it might well have been Anal bum cover is the one that I just, that's the one I always fire off. It's just right there, right there in the, in the chamber if you need it. <laughs> Anal bum cover is probably the greatest one ever. So we're going to spare philosophy. We love Phil. We love Keith. We have two more. Let's see if we can bust out the laser again. Mike Bush. Okay. This is an interesting one. Grown men referring to guys as coach when they were never their actual coach and haven't coached in 15 years. See, cower, Bill. This is an example of just this little thing that someone at home is like, why are you calling him coach? But they, it drives them nuts, Scott. That's a great one. I, well, I, now let me ask you a question. Your right. coach at Princeton, you still call yes. him coach? Yeah, My absolutely. Co I, didn't play that, I, I didn't play at that level, but I mean, I, the, the coach that I had 100 years ago in high school was both baseball and basketball, and he forever will be my coach. So I refer to mm. him as such. This of is. Course. I feel this This does not get the laser for me because I, I get it. I, I feel like coach isn't earned. It's, it's a show of respect. If you're someone's coach, it's, it's not quite doctor or general, but it shows <laughs> that you've been a leader of people. And with that, there is a certain modicum of respect that is afforded a coach, I think. And I, I think it's just that easy kind of camaraderie thing you do on the set. Hey, coach, I'm here with the coach, this and that. I get it. Bill Cowher hasn't coached in a while, but he's got a ring and, you know, that doesn't trouble me, but I understand why people, uh, I try my best to, like, if I, if Nick Saban's on, I try to call him Nick because he's not my coach, mm. but I definitely call him coach. I slip into it because they are. So I got, I got no foul. Ball deflected at the line of scrimmage. There's no pass interference. No, I flag. think you're right. You can do anything you want. And I think to your point, Jerome Bettis doesn't see Bill Cowher and say, hey, Bill, like it's it's coach. That's just for life. And a first person story, I used to have a friend who would watch Bill Cowher's show in the media, which I'm a part of, and he used to complain about the same thing. It wasn't Mike Bush 89, but he was like, why are they always calling him coach? And I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. The second I was in the same room with Bill Cowher, I'm like, hey, coach, it just comes out. Like he has a stately presidential coach-like presence and you just say it and it feels right. So I'm sparing him, Scott. I I, we're sparing a lot here. Yes. Yeah, well, I, mean, um, I, 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 I'm great with a sharp pencil. I just think these, like you know, the the, the puns and coach, these aren't these aren't fireable offenses to me at all. Well, we got one more, and I think this this last one okay. is from an imbecile, DJ and Casey. He says, "Hear me out on this one. That's always good. One shining moment." He says he loves the montage. It's time to update the tune and give it a fresh coat of paint. Even recommending Justin Timberlake, Chris Stapleton. And I think that says Metallica. Scott, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I, th th this, this 
email gets or tweet gets the gets the laser. Come on, like you. I mean, You're right? Come on. And look, Timberlake and 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 uh, Stapleton together have done some right. fire stuff. I performed at live performances where they just go nuts, and they, they did like a Tennessee whiskey and and um, sure. what was the Timberlake song? It was the bottom of the bottle, whatever it was. Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. I can't drink you away. Sexy Excuse back. Me. I figured it out. Okay. And Metallica, who's anti-Metallica? But I think you've got a song, and it's they play it at Virginia Tech, and everybody knows what it is, and here enter Sandman. But they, leave that alone, man. Like that's Luther or Teddy Pendergrass, no. and always has no. been. Um, it, it, come on, certain things. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Certain things you just gotta leave alone. It, it, like, do, do you want JT Chris Stapleton to do Sweet Caroline instead of Mr. Diamond? Like, no, I'd be furious if it was Metallica. And they're one of my favorite bands of all time. Luther Vandross, somewhere up there with Jack Horner. Scott, I think you had a great production idea, which was the tweet is what gets the laser. DJ and KC, I love you, but goodbye. It's done. Blow them up. Don't ever touch one. I want my grandchildren to hear Luther Vandross. Uh, it's Scott, we're in agreement. Have so few things that that are perfect is there's no such thing as perfect but we have so few things that are in in television that you're you're gonna stay through the break and they're gonna milk that until 1 a.m but you're gonna wait to see that one shining moment and it's it should sound a certain way and like that's as close to perfect as we've got is that little three four whatever minute montage like yeah, that's unimpeachable I couldn't agree more, and so are you. I mean, I'm a huge admirer of you, have been for years, one of my favorite guys in the industry. Uh, I'll end it with uh, a, one question that's very important. Scott, talk about the time you had here today. <laughs> I tell you, um, it's, um, <laughs> I want to come up with a horrible pun. Um, it's, it, you, you know what? You know what, buddy? Mm. You're, you are him. You're him. <laughs> Well, you got that dog in your Van Pelt. Uh, I love that you did this. Thank you so much. We're going to do a whole segment in the next segment of the show that's just LeBron reacting to this segment. It's going to be great and creative, and everyone will tune in. SVP, uh, you're the best. Everybody watch him on ESPN and all the cool things he does. See you next time, man. Be well until next time, brother. Be good. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Not only one of the best, most talented, smartest, funniest, but nicest people in our industry and any industry. Scott Van Pelt's the best. How cool was he? The best. I got to throw a dart. Got to do it right now. I'm going to go to the Skycam. Uh, I'm going to go walk across the, off the, uh, the, uh, the studio here at the basement. Yesterday, it looks like it was a five. Today, I'm going to try to hit a number and there'll be a corresponding topic. And then I'll finish with a little uh, ditty on whatever that topic is. Uh, that is a straight 11. That is 11. That is nine o'clock on the clock. Topic number 11 to end the program today on Omaha Production will be, what are you good at that no one knows you're good at? Some things. Um, I can whistle really loud. 
and um, like really loud. You know, people, my kids are trying to learn how to whistle now and I try to teach them, but I'm just gonna go with the Skycam here because I need both my hands. Now, when it comes to the loud whistling, there's a few different levels. There are the brown belts, which can go like this, and they whistle like super loud for their horse or whatever they're doing. Then there's the black belts who can make that whistle like super, super, super loud without even any fingers. I am neither brown nor black, but I can do it like this. And this is gonna be loud, I'm sorry, this is obnoxious, but you asked me, I'm good at this, watch. Cool, it's useful, I do it all the time. It's great with kids. Uh, it's great for getting attention at sporting events when you're a coach and the kids won't shut up or birthday parties. Blah, 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 blah. All right, it's time to open the presents. It's time to open the, it's time. And they turn on, they're like, what? It's great, it's incredible, I love it. You asked, I answered, I'm good at whistling. I can do all kinds of different ways too, but that's the loudest way. And that's the show. Thank you, Scott Van Pelt. Thank you, you guys. Thank you to um, Slimeball. Awesome sport. I'm gonna go play some in the driveway. Until then, I will see you tomorrow. You exit through the garage, close the door on your way out. Thank you guys, love you. See you tomorrow.